Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews. I'm your host, Aaron White, and tonight I have a little bit of a mixed bag to share. We have one feature-length film to talk about, one short film to talk about, and one movie trailer to talk about. Really something a little bit unique in that regard, but I figured you might want to hear what I thought, so I'll drop that in as well. As you should know, everything here on the show is very straightforward. I'll cover my entire range of feelings as best as I can and give you a recommendation as to whether or not I think a movie is worth your time and money. Simple, short, and spoiler-free. So let's get started. The first thing we have is the short film, Constantine House of Mystery from Warner Home Video. It stars Matt Ryan as the voice of Constantine. It is directed by Matt Peters and written by Ernie Outbacker. What's it about? In the new DC Showcase animated short, John Constantine wakes up in the eerie house of mystery with no recollection of how he got there. Fortunately, Zatanna and his friends are all there. Unfortunately, they have a bad habit of turning into demons and ripping him to shreds over and over again. Now, the film itself that DC is putting out this package, it's, it's called Constantine House of Mystery, but it's actually an anthology and it contains this individual story called Constantine House of Mystery. Very confusing. Yes. Yes, it is. And three other previous short films, Commandi, The Last Boy on Earth, The Losers, and Blue Beetle, all of which have been released on prior discs of other DC animated universe films. In fact, I've actually talked about all three of those on previous episodes at some point because I've been reviewing these movies so long and I'm not going to go ahead and talk about them again. I think all three of them are fine. They're interesting in their own way. They're three stars. They're good, whatever. They're short. They're done. Move along. You know, this one's kind of in the same boat. So as I mentioned, this is part of the DC animated universe. This is technically over. And so I think Constantine House of Mystery is basically serving as an epilogue to the whole shebang. It starts with a brief recap of the state of things after what was supposed to be the final movie in the DC animated universe, that being Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And at the end of that, essentially Darkseed had been trying to take over Earth. And in order to get rid of Darkseed, this is the very bare bones short version, Constantine convinces the Flash to run back in time, create another Flashpoint, erase all of the actions of that movie, and ensure that Darkseed never found the Earth in the first place, therefore he couldn't conquer it. But in doing so, he rewrites history. This movie, this short film rather, is essentially a Groundhog Day telling of the aftermath of what Constantine caused by getting Flash to reset the timeline. And that is really all that happens here, is we go through about 25 minutes or so of him. It's actually right there in the synopsis. His family and friends are turning into demons, and they're trying to kill him. And it's just that same thing happening in a little bit different locations and a little bit different ways over and over. And him trying to find a way to break out of it and avoid the consequences of breaking the universe's rules due to having changed the past. I did enjoy seeing some of the repetitive interactions with his wife Zatanna because we see 
various different kind of personalities from her at times. And there's one pretty great moment where at the end of the film or near the end of the film, Constantine has this cool plan. He puts it together and he's just about to get out of his punishment for good. And I kind of wish the movie had just ended right there. I think that it went on one beat too much that that would have been the real highlight. I also just like the character of Constantine. Frankly, he's kind of like a piece of junk of a human being. And yet he's got this great magical power. And I just, he's very unique in the way that he's portrayed. And I think that Matt Ryan does a great job voicing him. I would love to see this character get the true treatment he deserves on the big screen. Not that thing that Keanu Reeves did, which was entertaining in its own way, but I would like this to be a real, you know, dark DC universe. Constantine would fit in with the Batman universe really well. You could kind of play down the magical element of him, but like from a character perspective, man, he he would just slide into this universe that Matt Reeves has been creating perfectly. This doesn't get too gory, but there is a lot of blood and there is at least one big sexual situation. This is not really for kids. This is maybe the most brutal DC animation I've seen, at least in a while, because you do get to see Constantine being tortured in various barbaric methods more than a dozen times, and they all include gore and blood. And, you know, I don't like the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger, kind of, I think. I I can't really tell. That's part of my problem with it, is I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a cliffhanger or if it's supposed to have actually happened and just be, well, I can't really give you my reaction without spoiling how I feel about it. But it, it punctuates the end of this animated series in a way that I don't think it needed to be punctuated. It doesn't really alter anything in a huge way. (laughs) And I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it needed to exist at all. And I have no earthly idea why they made it. So it was fine. 20 minutes of semi-entertaining material and I move right along. Now this is, as I mentioned, part of that anthology disc set. This is going to be available to purchase on Blu-ray, 4K, and digital on May the 3rd. Am I feeling it? Honestly, no. There's no way I would recommend owning these four shorts. I don't think that they're anywhere near good enough that you need to pay for them and watch them over and over and over. If you could rent them for four bucks, maybe a buck a piece to see these, fine, I guess. They're perfect in the way that they normally exist. The other three where they're tapped on to an existing Blu-ray movie. So they're a special feature. So you feel like it's okay if it's just a quick 15 to 20 minutes of an entertaining like throwaway story because it was an extra thing. It was it, it was not something you paid for specifically, but now you're asking us to pay for them. I can't tell you in good faith that it's worth your money. So next I'll talk about Avatar The Way of Water from 20th Century Studio via Disney. What's it about? Set more than a decade after the events of the first film, Avatar The Way of Water begins to tell the story of the Sully family. The trouble that follows them, the links they go to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. Now, we got to see a one and a half minute teaser trailer of this movie early. And I can't tell you for the life of me why they felt the need to screen this and have us review it. 
but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I thought. This trailer is going to exclusively be released in theaters in front of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness screenings beginning on May the 6th. I believe it may even have a timed window before they're going to put it online, so this will be the only way you can see it for a little while. Listen, it's James Cameron, and I'm an Avatar Defender, and this was the first time I'd put on 3D glasses since seeing the first Doctor Strange movie, in fact. It was very weird. Hadn't done that in a long time. But this movie looks absolutely gorgeous. You can imagine that in a minute and a half, we didn't really learn too much. When they call it a teaser trailer, it really was a teaser trailer. I couldn't tell you anything more than that synopsis about the story. In fact, the synopsis I just read tells you more about the story than I could have told you just from watching the teaser trailer and the way that the images are constructed together. There's almost no dialogue to it. There's nothing of major note. There's maybe one small reveal about a character in the Sully family, and there's something interesting about that person that is different than Sully and the other of his race, his new race, I should say. So it's hard to discern like remotely anything at all. But the 3D looked absolutely stunning to me. It was incredibly crisp and clear to the point where it didn't feel like it was popping off the screen in an obnoxious, off-putting way. There's nothing coming at us, at least in the trailer. There was no like arrows or anything flying at your head. But you could tell that it was in three dimensions as well. So it just looked, I thought, amazing. And the way that the world is shown to us, this massively water-based planet that they're in or area, it's incredibly intriguing. And it really has my excitement up. I can't wait to find out what the story is and see this movie. I'm planning on going to see Avatar again in theaters when they re-release it this fall. And then I'll be there day one for Avatar The Way of Water. I'm telling you, James Cameron does not miss. Don't sleep on this. All of you people out there who have been proclaiming on social media and telling your friends and family that you hate Avatar and you're never going to go see this, You'll be in the theaters more than once, and this movie will make a billion dollars. Mark my words. But I think you're going to like the trailer. I, I don't think it's going to blow anybody away because there's nothing there story-wise, but you're going to be like, man, it looks good, and I'm still intrigued. I think you're going to come away feeling the same way that I am. All right, now here's the big one. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness from Walt Disney Motion Pictures, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, Sochil Gomez, Michael Stuhlberg, Rachel McAdams, and others. <laughs> others who I cannot mention to you at this time. It is directed by Sam Raimi, and it is written by Michael Waldron. What's it about? Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens a portal to the multiverse. However, a threat emerges that may be too big for his team to handle. This was wilder, wackier, and weirder than I ever could have imagined. It is truly the most unique movie in the MCU yet. It is the biggest departure in tone and formula that we have seen. I feel kind of dumb because just the other day, I remember sharing on social media an article. There was an interview with Sam Raimi where he was talking about how this wasn't all his movie, and he had to adhere to certain 
Marvel criteria. So basically, don't get your hopes up that it's going to be his imprint as much as you might want. That's a load of crap. <laughs> this feels like a big budget evil dead with superheroes movie to me. Now, yes, obviously there is Marvel expectations and there are Marvel storytelling beats and things that are going to happen like fan service that have to be put into here and have to be worked into his tone as best as possible. And that happens to very mixed results in my opinion, but Overall, you always feel like you're in a Sam Raimi movie, I think. It has some genuine horror and some real jump scares. It's not for kids, okay? There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of death. And while most of the gore is not on screen, in fact, they do things in a way where they do quick cuts and you see the aftermath of where in a normal Sam Raimi movie, you'd probably see guts hanging out, but like because of where they cut the tape, you don't get to see that part. Other than that, like you know it's happening. Wanda in this movie is off the rails terrifying at times. It's nightmare fuel for kids, little kids. Not for little kids. Not, not, not for little kids. Can't say that enough. Cumberbatch is kind of all over the map, in my opinion, in range. He's got a lot of different personalities and different emotional states to convey because, you know, multiverse? Remember, I'm dancing around spoilers here, so bear with me. I think he does a really solid job carrying this, though. Likewise, Elizabeth Olsen, she's the star here, I think, from a performance standpoint. She does the best she can possibly do with the script she's given and the direction she's given. I'm not a big fan of it at all times, what she's being asked to do, but she is the most memorable part of the movie for me. And then there's the newcomer, Sochil Gomez, who plays America Chavez, this character that I was unfamiliar with. And she's very interesting. I think she's quite good. And she's got a nice little attitude to her and the way that she's performing this character. And I think she's going to be a solid addition to the MCU. The movie itself is pretty character driven and it revolves around strange and his feelings, Wanda and her feelings, this America Chavez character and her journey. It's very personal in nature. It's not the kind of large threat that we've become used to in the MCU. It's kind of a threat by accident in some ways, like a bigger threat and accident. So it's kind of, Strange to say this, pun intended, that we're talking about a movie spanning multiple universes, and I'm going to tell you, I feel like it's maybe one of the most self-contained stories that we've gotten in a while, and that conflict doesn't always feel like it's executed to perfection. It, it's a strange, I can't get away from that word, it's an odd push and pull that doesn't equate to the perfect marriage, but it does work more than it doesn't because it's entertaining. By the way, Danny Elfman was the perfect composer to this score. I think that it fits the tone of this Sam Raimi style movie very well. Your enjoyment of this movie is going to hinge, I fully believe, on A, whether or not you like Sam Raimi's type of films. So you're either into the Evil Dead type of movie, which is mostly dumb comedy and horror mixture, 
I've never personally loved that. I think it stunts the emotional weight of the story they're wanting to tell here in a big, big way to where I don't have those takeaways. And I am left feeling like it was overdramatic, over-the-top melodramatic in a way that became ridiculous more than it was moving. And so it was entertaining, but completely disposable to me, completely forgettable. I'm not going to sit with this. I'm not going to care after I got up out of the theater and moved on. And I'm really not going to have any desire to necessarily revisit it. But while watching it, I was, you know, having a decent time. I was having a good time. I laughed quite a few bit moments in the movie. The multiverse is wide open now. And this is the thing. I've never been a fan of this direction personally. So take this with a grain of salt. If you're a person who loves the multiverse and you want it to be completely wide open where the MCU can go anywhere and do anything with alternate timelines, revisionist work to storylines, and bringing in a plethora of comic book characters that you've never heard of and are extremely obscure, this is going to be for you. And it probably is going to get you more excited. If you're not, then it may push you the other way, like me, where you're even more worried about how we're going to go in the future because this is just not going to end anytime soon. This is the direction they've chosen to expand the scope and get on board because, like I said, the top has been popped off now. It is open and they can do anything. And some of the big-time cameos that you see in this movie are proof of that. I found many of them to feel forced and not necessary to this story in the same way that I felt the Spider-Men were integrated into their story in a very important way. I just don't see that value in this. It feels more like fan service to me. And I can't say anything more than that with spoilers. It's not entirely unenjoyable fan service, but there's something about it that makes you just wish that they would have done this for real and not only in the context of multiple dimensions is all I can really say about it for now. In the end, I I think it was fun for what it is, and I appreciated getting to see a director really get to kind of have as much of his vision as possible within one of these stories and have it feel different. So whether I loved it being different or not, or whether I loved what it is or not, I loved that it was different. And that was pretty cool. It's not anywhere near my favorite Marvel film. It's somewhere down in the high 20s, I should say, 21, 22, somewhere around there. And I thought it was fine. post credit scene number one is a interesting, kind of more of a bigger deal that leads to what could happen next in the storytelling. post credit scene number two is, instead of a trailer, this is a big plus, it's just a payoff to a gag that happened earlier in the movie, and it is hilarious. The perfect way to end this movie, in my opinion. Laughed so hard, smiled so big. It was great. And this is, the the last post-credit scene is what Marvel post-credit scenes should always be, in my opinion. This is when they're at their best. And so kudos to them for doing that. That's about all I can give you without getting into spoilers. I'm excited to cover this with Patrick, though later in the week on our main episode where we can talk full spoilers and dive into this on a deeper level. So be sure to check back in for that. 
This will be available in theaters on May the 6th, which I'm sure most of you already know, probably already have your tickets for. Am I feeling it? I think, yes, it's worthy of seeing in the theater. It's a Marvel movie. It's big. It's bombastic. It's crazy. There's a lot going on, and you need to experience what this is. I don't think it's hate-worthy. I really don't. I think that a lot more people than not may come out of this going, okay, that was weird. But you just have to really understand and have your expectations in check that it's not going to feel anything like a Marvel movie that you're used to in about 70% of it. We'll find out what you think. And I'm excited to hear from you. So find me on social media and let me know once you've seen the movie. All my social channels are listed in the show notes to each and every episode. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoy the film, any of the films that I talked about, any movie that you see. Until next time, keep watching and keep feeling film.